Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, everybody. Um, little insider scoop. Welcome to Tuesday Night Jaw. First of all, I'm Jim Smallman, your host. Uh, you're listening to Tuesday Night Jaw on the Distraction Pieces Network. Uh, very proud of being part of Scroobius Pip's wonderful network uh, alongside his uh, Distraction Pieces podcast and Say Why to Drugs, uh, which won an award this week, and the Stop and Search podcast. Uh, super happy to be on the Distraction Pieces Network. But I'm going to let you into a little secret. Um, this is the third time I have tried with my recorder to try and actually record the opening part of this mini episode. All I'm doing is a QA and a in the front room. Um, and it's Monday night, it's 20 past eight. My son's upstairs having a bit of a cry because my wife's trying to settle him down. Um, and I've messed up this opening like three times now. Uh, and I normally pride myself on being quite professional, but I'm recovering from a progress show yesterday. And I think it's forgivable. Um, the first time round, I was recording it, uh, realised when I looked at the screen, that no sound was being recorded, and that's because my podcast recorder is also used by Progress to record the audio at our shows in Manchester, so you can pick up what I'm saying better because there's an echo. Uh, and then the second time I thought I was recording, I'd just not press record. So this time around, it's definitely working. We're a minute in. There's definitely sound happening. So welcome to Tuesday Night Jewel. Do some plugs. Um, if you want to recommend this podcast to anyone, and we've gone over 100,000 downloads now, so thank you very, very much indeed. JimSmallman.com slash TNJ is where you need to go or send people jimsmallman.com slash tnj and that's where you can see all the links on how you can download the show subscribe to the show all uh, the past episodes that we've had on if you want to if you're thinking oh i don't know what's on that round table well you can have a look and see who the guests were um uh, if you happen to have your itunes open right now or your <clears throat> or your iphone or other device open and you want to leave us a nice review or leave us five star rating that'd be great That'd be super helpful. Lots of people have done it already, and I am really grateful for people doing that. Um, me, in terms of my comedy, I'm all over the place, as always. Uh, jimsmormon.com slash gigs, if you want to see where I am performing in various comedy clubs. Um, uh, if you want to see me do a solo show, you can download or stream one for $5. jimsmormon.com slash mygirls. It is my Edinburgh show from last year, a show about my wife and my daughter that I love very much. If you go to jimsmormon.com slash mygirls, you can watch a clip of it. Three minutes of me talking about my daughter, Metallica, and heavy metal fans. Um, I'm super proud of that clip, and it makes me happy to watch it. Uh, Wrestling-wise, ProgressWrestling.com is my wrestling company. Um, tickets for our visit to Sheffield in December, uh, which will have Will Ospreay versus Adam Cole on it, go on sale or pre-sale tonight, general sale later in the week. Um, so current season ticket holders and uh, in London and people who've ever, if you've ever bought a ticket to any of our Manchester shows, then you get first first dibs tonight and then they're out to the main list on Tuesday uh, when you probably listen to this and then they're on general sale on Thursday. 
Uh, our next show at the end of the month in London, sold out. We've got season tickets on sale for next year, some cool merch and stuff like that. Um, so that's progresswrestling.com. And then um, pro, uh, demand-progress.com is where you go to watch all the past progress shows. Uh, demand-progress.com. Um, inevitably, with the Q&As, I will end up answering a lot of questions about progress because it's the my sphere of... Uh, experience because uh, it's the only wrestling company I've ever worked for. So I don't ever want people to think when they're listening to this that oh Jim's just he, he works with progress, so that's all. He, I'm not. I love British wrestling, and you'll often. I mean, you can back me up on this, regular listeners. I will often mention the great things that other companies in this country are doing. So, for example, ICW about to fill the Hydro in Glasgow in November, which is a fantastic achievement, and they've just celebrated ten years in wrestling. That and Mark Dallas tweeted a, a brilliant picture of their first show compared to uh, I think it was their SCCC show last year. What what a journey that is, and, and what a brilliant and they've gone a lot longer than Progress have, and they have done brilliant things. So fair play to ICW, um, and you know they deserve credit. And I always try and talk about other companies as much as I can, but it's difficult because I don't go to loads of other shows because I'm too busy with Progress and with comedy. Um, so don't ever feel when you're asking questions. You just have to ask about progress or you just have to ask about WWE. Ask about anything. Um, I'll try and give you the best answer I can give you, but it's always going to be based on my opinion unless you ask for an actual factual answer. At which point, if you're doing that, I think you'll probably find that Google is more reliable than I am. Okay? Right. To your questions. I'm doing this quite lo-fi. I'm sat on my sofa, recorder in hand, phone with my Twitter feed in my other hand. If I miss some of your tweets, I apologise Something weird's happened. I got I got verified on Twitter around the same time as a lot of wrestlers got verified. And I presume Twitter has just been conned into thinking I'm a wrestler. And <clears throat> when I got verified, it means I occasionally miss tweets. I only see them when I get copied in the second or third reply. So I apologise for that. Um, if I do miss one, I'll try and get one next time. Or just if I've missed your question, just DM me and I'll, I'll answer it by DM probably. I'm nice like that. Uh, at Jim Smallman on Twitter. Hashtag Tuesday Night Jaw whenever you want to get involved. Right. Question number one. This was eight hours ago when I first started tweeting about him. From Connor Pape. I love the name, the surname Pape. I presume it's Pape and not Pappy. Um, but Connor Pape. Um, so far we have the Spirit Squad and Kurt Hawkins back in WWE. Who would you like to return next? Fit Finley. I want Fit Finley just punching people and headbutting people for my enjoyment on, on WWE television. I mean, he still works. I still think he still works there. Um, I, I love Fit Finley, and Fit Finley's one of these people I didn't appreciate the first time I ever became aware of him was playing WCW NWO Revenge on the N64 and then I started watching Nitro and stuff like that and and, uh, and realised how great he was um, but I'd love to see him I, I think he's realistic I'd obviously love to see William Regal back on but I, I, I know he's He's obviously um, more of a, a figurehead character, so he's kind of on television already. But for someone we don't see ever, Fit Finley. Fit Finley back on my television. Um, who do you want, Connor? Genuinely tell me, at Jim Smallman. Hashtag Tuesday Night Jewel. Um, Mike Roach, I really hope that's that's your real name and not that you're trying to do a Mike Roach, um, uh, almost Moe's Bar, Simpsons-esque phone thing. Um it says, are there any particular venues or cities you'd love to bring progress to? Genuinely, Mike, um, at the minute, we run in London, which we obviously love and is our home. We run in Manchester, um, and we would be 
the show we're doing in December would be in Manchester if it wasn't for a problem with the venue, the, the Ritz, and it's their fault, and they held their hands up, and they double booked us with the uh, uh, the late 1990s Britpop band Ash, um, who I, one of the first gigs I ever went to see. Um, so they, um, they double booked the venue, it's their fault. They found us a new venue uh, as near as possible on the same date with a similar capacity, that's why we're going to Sheffield. Um, we we get asked a lot to go to various places. I mean, the thing that always makes me laugh is when people will say, I live in Reading, why can't you do a show here? Because you're half an hour away from London on a train. Um, I live in, you know, I live near Chester. Chester's the nearest big city to me. Well, not even big city, just nearest city to me. I'd love us to do shows in Chester. It'd be great for me, but no, it's not happening. <laughs> you can't do shows everywhere. You have to be careful of making sure that you're not um, treading on other people's toes. We get asked, for example, to go to Scotland a lot. But the Scottish scene is pretty much sewn up, uh, and you can you never say never. But I don't really think that that it's it's the right thing for us to do to go there. We we only went to Manchester um, and started running the Ritz after we, we were sort of asked by the venue, and um, and only when we were sure that we weren't again going to tread on anyone's toes and, and annoy people. Same with Birmingham when we do two shows there next year. So with. The, the one show in Sheffield, which, you know, may well end up only being one show, uh, plus two shows in Birmingham next year, four shows in Manchester, however many shows we have in London, which I think is, is 12 or 13, if you include the three days of Super Strong Style, plus a show in Oberhausen in Germany, for, uh, which we're doing with WXW, plus um, our joint show with Evolve and our, our standalone show over WrestleMania weekend. That's enough, mate, to be honest. I'm tired enough as it is. It, I, I'm not full time doing this, and uh, you know I, I dedicate a lot of my time to thinking about wrestling and trying to come up with ideas for wrestling and creating things. As do my two business partners, but both me and Glenn are full time doing other things. So the thought of doing more cities, and there's something to be said as well by really enjoying a venue. Like one of the reasons we've not we've not kicked off with the Ritz for a, a, a booking mistake happening is the people at the Ritz are nice. And they've looked after us. The people at the Electric Ballroom in Camden are lovely and they've looked after us. Our experience so far of dealing with the, the Academy in Birmingham, which will be our venue there, they've been great. The Academy in Sheffield have been great with us. So there's something to be said about running in a regular venue. I mean, I always mention it. I think the best independent wrestling company in the world is Pro Wrestling Guerrilla. They've run in the same venue forever. You don't always necessarily need to go to different cities. We live in a small country. I mean, I'm probably biased because... I, from a travel point of view, travel between 800 and 1,000 miles a week doing my jobs as comedian and voiceover artist and writer. So I often, like, I don't think anything about driving. Like, tomorrow morning I've got to get up at 5 a.m. and drive to London. I don't think about that. That's just my job. So I think, and because when I was, before I was doing comedy, I'd, I'd go and watch football all the time and I'd go to every single Leicester City away game and it, it never was, it was just never a big deal. Like travel's never been a big deal to me. I'm just one of those people. I appreciate it as for other people, but to me, I think we've got the right mix of of being in the north, in the Midlands, and in London. And I think if we start going elsewhere, and we get asked to go to places like Bristol and Cardiff, and uh, but again, they've got good companies there, and we don't want to get in people's way. So it, it makes it difficult. <clears throat> if I had to choose a particular venue, because that's part of your question, um. And if we, let, hey, screw it. Let's say we're opening it up to not just in this country. Uh, if we could do uh, Corican Hall 
in Tokyo. That'd be amazing. We do the ECW Arena in Philly. I'd take those places. But in this country, uh, I think I think I'm happy with everything at the minute. At the minute, I'm bound to change eventually. Lewis, uh, you have asked what you've said. What you think? Uh, which uh, I presume you meant to put a do in there, but I, I kind of like how demanding it sounds. Uh, what do you think about the whole TNA situation and your opinion on WWE possibly buying it? Um, I don't know if WWE need to buy TNA. Um, I, I think I've got another question that kind of relates to this later on. I mean, maybe they want to buy their archive for, for the network. Um, my opinion on the TNA situation is this, and I, and I saw a couple of wrestlers get into arguments with people on Twitter about this, in that some people don't like TNA. Um, I have no... I'll be honest, I don't really watch it. I, I watch the, the Matt Hardy stuff because loads of people were telling me how cool it was. And I'll sometimes... I'll tune in if... Because I've got friends who work there. So, you know, Rockstar Spud's a friend and Mark Andrews a friend uh, and Grado's a friend. And I'll tune in if I know they're doing something cool because they're my friends. Um, likewise, when TNA were touring in the UK earlier in the year and they were giving opportunities to people like Jimmy Havoc who deserve those opportunities, then that's great. So when I see wrestling fans saying, oh, but we get what they deserve, they're not good. No, if you've got a favourite, fine, you've got a favourite. You should never be pleased because it's not just wrestlers that are going to lose their jobs There's, if TNA go bust. It's, it's going to be loads of people who work there. TNA employ one of the greatest people in wrestling. He's not a wrestler. It's Jeremy Borash. Jeremy Borash is a genius, and he's one of the hardest-working human beings I've ever met, as well as being one of the nicest people I've ever met. So from that point of view, I, I hope they can find a solution. I think the problem is is it, it, it very much feels a little bit like the end days of ECW when, when certain things had, had happened so many times to try and rescue a company. It does feel it's happened like that but been a bit drawn out, and it does feel that financial issues have been there for a while. Um, I hope they keep going, personally, because they, regardless of what your opinion might be of them, they have a good reputation. And, you know, um, for a long time, I think, for for a long time, TNA uh, sort of uh, were, were putting on some of the better matches over WWE, certainly when Samoa Joe was X-Division champion. Some of the stuff they were putting out was absolutely brilliant. And it was a TNA show that led to me being as involved in wrestling as I am now. My friend Chris Brooker... Uh, comedian and um, I want to say head honcho now of, of Future Shock. He, um, we were f- kind of friends through comedy, not as good friends as we are now. And he asked me to go and watch TNA with him in Coventry, and that's when I realised that um, comedians could like wrestling. It was allowed, and we became really super good friends after that. And then following on from that, he asked me to support Mick Foley. And then from from having that confidence of being around wrestling fans was what made me both a half decent ring announcer, but also the thing that made me want to get involved in wrestling more. Uh, I, I wouldn't have had the interest that I had in it if it hadn't been for that TNA show. So um, it, it, I'm kind of getting away from the question talking about TNA more in general. I, I think the situation is is messy. I know from um, speaking to one of my friends who will remain nameless because he works in wrestling, um, uh, uh, but his and he's got no insider knowledge whatsoever. He just his gut feeling was that um, uh, that TNA will kind of reboot possibly under a different name, possibly same staff under a different name, possibly under the same name, but I genuinely don't know what's going to happen. I hope what happens is the best for everyone who works there so people aren't left out of pocket and aren't left you know, without a job and struggling because that's no one wants that to happen to anybody. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> so, uh, Causey on Fire 
Um, I asked at the start of the brand split if you'd end up having a preference. Have you yet? Um, no, I think I maybe lean slightly more towards SmackDown, which I wouldn't have expected, if I'm honest. Um, I mean, Raw has got some great stuff. It's got the Cruiserweights, which are great, but I'm not... I don't think I necessarily... I don't think I'm speaking out of terms of saying I'm not enjoying the Cruiserweights as much on Raw as I did in the Cruiserweight Classic. Um, not that I'm not enjoying them, but the Cruiserweight Classic was a high watermark to, to start with. It was it was great. Um and they've got Kevin Owens, who is wonderful. And they've got Seth Rollins, who is wonderful. And they've got Sasha Banks and Charlotte. And, and they've got all that going on. Um, but I think maybe I enjoy SmackDown more because I wasn't expecting as much of it, as much from it as, I, as I'm getting. Maybe that's it. Um, but I, I'm enjoying, I'm still enjoying both, if I'm honest. Um, I, I do feel perhaps after three years of doing Tuesday Night Jaw and having to do as many pay-per-view roundtables as we might have to do during that time, maybe I'll start. I'll start being anti-brand split, but at the minute, it's working better than I expected it to work, uh, and I think that's my um. Yeah, I think SmackDown's just slightly my favourite at the minute. Um, do do do. Oh, this is a difficult question. Uh, Mark Deleu. Um, what is a wrestling character slash gimmick that you can't believe no one has pulled off yet? Right, I'm gonna let. Right, I'm gonna let you in something here. Because this is probably not going to happen. I'm 38. I um, I desperately um, wanted to be a wrestler when I was a teenager. I never had any training or anything because I was too shy and, and, and awkward, which is why I'm a stand-up comedian. <clears throat> and I was I was fit about then. I played a lot of sport, but it was never going to happen. I, I'm not coordinated at all. You know, I, I can't do a forward roll. I'm useless. But I um, desperately wanted to be a wrestler. And one of the ideas I had for being a wrestler and an idea that I've recently said maybe I could become a manager somewhere one day and then I went no no I can't was um, have you seen The Usual Suspects and Kevin Spacey's Kaiser Soze character and there's the, 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 spoiler alert if you've not seen it but you, of course you've seen it the, the scene where he, he's limping when he walks away and then he just straightens up and walks normally I love the idea of 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 having a, a, a maybe a manager who is convinces you that he's that he's he's you know almost permanently crippled, and you need to hold that and, and maintain that character and keep that gimmick for two or three years until the moment is right and that person reveals, oh holy shit, they can actually walk, they can actually do, it. I, I, and that's something I'd I'd love to see done. Um, and I'm aware now I've said it, we can never do it in progress. Um, Lincoln Green, um, are there any angles? in progress that you went with that all three of you were agreed on we all three of us agree on most things to be honest um there's occasional ones where because there's three of us two will outvote one um sometimes we'll come into things where all three of us have got very different ideas but we we don't tend to fall out over stuff and as a rule we all think the same way for example in manchester yesterday and i won't give you the full ramifications of how much we changed stuff yesterday but we changed stuff quite a lot and it had a knock-on effect on, on various things um we when we found out Shane Strickland was was stranded in, in Dusseldorf in Germany um all three of us just got on with it I was driving with Glenn because Glenn stayed at my house um John was in a van on the way to Manchester let us know by the time we got there we got three potential solutions we all agreed on a potential solution discussed it with um, various wrestlers and the wrestlers that work as agents for us backstage and that was that 
um, we're pretty good. We're all on the same page because even though the three of us are very different human beings, we do kind of like our rest in the same way. So, um, so yeah, we often do agree on stuff. Every now and again, there is something that is proposed that is utterly ridiculous. And I'm as guilty as this as my two business partners. But I think it's once a year, each one of us will come out with something stupid. But most of the time, all three of us agree on all the angles. Yeah, we are. Uh, I think what what they'd love in the in the um, in the This Is Progress documentary. I think what Dale is making that would love to see is the three of us arguing and turning chairs over and tables over as we disagree on who's getting pushed and stuff like that. But as a rule, we don't. We pretty much know what we want to be happening in the next six months' time, and we all pretty much are on board with it. Each yeah, if something changes, we're very good at reacting, but we're we're all on the same page most of the time. I'm aware that's not the most. He probably wanted a much more entertaining answer than that, but that's the truth. Uh, Causey on Fire is back again. A um, bit different to the usual, would you book John Cena types? Um, yeah, because I do get asked, who would you book for Progress quite a lot? But he's he's varied on this bit. If you could bring one WWE tag team to Progress, um, who would I bring? Uh, either, Either... The Revival or American Alpha. Whilst it'd be great to have New Day there because they make me laugh so much that I cry every time they're on television. I love them. They're wonderful. And obviously, Xavier Woods, my DMs are open. Please come on Tuesday Night Jaw. I mean, you're going to be here for what? We're on SmackDown in November? I mean, someone needs to hook me up with him. We'll play video games. We'll talk about wrestling for a bit. And then I'll let you go away. I'll bring, I'll bring, I'll bring like treats and everything. But Xavier Woods, and if you lot all want to tweet him and tell him, um, just to, to slide into my DMs, do you know what I mean? My DMs are open, Xavier Woods. Thanks. Um, so uh, tag team wise, I would uh, it'd either be American Alpha or the Revival because um, they're both just brilliant to watch, and they I think they would fit best with our style. I'd love to say uh, DIY uh, uh, Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. But they've both competed in progress already, so it'd be nice for us to see someone new, I suppose. But I love uh, Johnny and Tommaso um, so much. Such good guys. Um, do, 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 do. Next one. Neil Sedgwick. Uh, three progress versus WWE. Any roster matches, who would you book? Uh, I would book uh, Dean Ambrose versus Jimmy Havoc. I would book... Um, I would book... Oh, it's tricky. This I'd want to book. We booked it before, but I'd probably book Ram. I booked Rampage Brown against Samoa Joe again because I loved it the first time round, and I think they're both very different wrestlers now. And and with Rampage being our our, our Atlas champion, I think that'd be cool. Uh, and I would book Shinsuke Nakamura against Mark Haskins because it'd be badass, wouldn't it? It'd be amazing. Uh, next, uh, Phil Jones, uh, the best three venues you've seen live wrestling in as a fan, um, and reasons, um, the venue that NXT used in Blackpool was absolutely unbelievable, um, I'm a little bit biased because when I was a kid I spent a lot of my time in Blackpool, my dad was a shop fitter and he refitted the ballroom that that was in he refitted the three piers up there so a lot of weekends I'd go up and watch my dad working and, and stuff um, and spend all my pocket money on playing video games in arcades um, so yeah I think that the uh, the it's the Empress Ballroom isn't it uh, just wonderful venue 
Um, love it there. Um, I'm biased, but I think the Electric Ballroom is an absolutely, utterly phenomenal venue to put wrestling on in. Um, and I am biased. And I think then to choose a, a non-progress one, um, I went to watch wrestling in the Royal Albert Hall. Uh, I don't know, I went to SummerSlam 1992 at Wembley Stadium. I don't really like outdoor shows. Um, but I went to watch wrestling in the Royal Albert Hall when I was very young. And that was great. And the first place I ever watched wrestling, should you be bothered, the uh, first place I ever watched wrestling live was uh, the now defunct Granby Halls in Leicester, which was a wonderful venue. It had a roller skating rink in it. And I went to watch wrestling there in the mid-80s. And I watched Rollerball Rocco, I remember that. Um, uh, and I'm pretty sure I watched Marty Jones, who I've met since, and he's really nice. So um, uh, so that, uh, I've given you more than I needed to. But, you know, it's nice to nice to be nice. Speaking of being nice, Craig Fletcher uh, says, what's your favourite memory of Chris Travis? Um, I, I think I mentioned this before. Chris wrestled for, for progress a few times. I think... Um, his last match was for us and at the time it was a comeback match and, and seeing how excited he was to go out there in, in front of the crowd and, and and seeing him well up because he it meant so much to him to be wrestling again that was that was a, a, a lovely moment but it's quite a bittersweet memory because obviously then I think back to it and realise it was his last match a lot of my favourite memories of, of Chris are during his his recovery from from cancer the first time round um, was whenever I gigged in Sheffield we'd hang out together and one time for my football blog we went <clears throat> and watched uh, the oldest football team in the world Sheffield FC and he just he was a laugh throughout the entire I picked him up from his house and he was he was starting to get back in his shape and he was just it, it, everything we talked about that day was hilarious he just just constantly it's sort of person I'm hard to make laugh I said this backstage yesterday to El Ligero and Dave Mastiff I'm really hard to make laugh and those guys made me laugh yesterday and that I, I, the reason I'm hard to make laugh is I've worked around comedy for 11 years and, and it's my job and, and sometimes I just don't find stuff funny um, but Chris always used to make me laugh and I think that's that day going to watch Sheffield FC was it was a lovely day out it just you know it's the sort of thing I, I always like to think about when I, when I miss me mate uh, SD, has your bowler DVD arrived? It's really rather good. I don't, I haven't ordered one yet, um, because uh, a friend of mine uh, in America, <coughs> excuse me, uh, has saved one for me for when I see him. So um, I will get around to watching it. Uh, at the minute, I'm consuming it purely in gift form, um, which uh, I'm thoroughly enjoying. Um, Callum McEwen, if you could have any three active wrestlers for the Atlas Division, who would you have? Good, any three. Samoa Joe, already mentioned him on this podcast, uh, Tomohiro Ishii, and Daisuke Sekimoto. They would be my three. Um, I've mentioned my blog before. Phil Allen, um, big fan of the Football Neutral blog. Is there anywhere, anywhere, club, city-wise, you'd like to tick off the list? Um, J-League. So I'd like to go to a J-League game in Japan and combine it, hopefully, with watching wrestling over there. Um, so a J-League game, because the appropriation of football culture in the Far East, I find, is... Is fascinating, um, uh, and plus, I'd like to do every top flight Bundesliga ground. I've done, uh, I've only done two so far, but I'd like to do, I'd like to do all of them. I've done Hertha Berlin and Borussia Dortmund. I'd like to do them all. I love watching football in Germany. <clears throat> That's why I'm so excited that Progress are going to WXW in Oberhausen on July the first because it, I get to go to Germany. I get to eat sausages. 
I get to let John Briley speak German for me because he speaks German um, because he grew up there. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm super excited about just Germany in general. I'm surprised this question only happened once, uh, Dan Johansson, because, or Johansson, depending on how you choose to pronounce it. I'm going to go Johansson. But Dan Johansson, I'm surprised this question only came up once because my phone went a bit nuts. Not this past Saturday, the Saturday before when a frankly spurious news report came out. Um, so there's rumours of Ring of Honor, PWG, Progress, hello, etc. being streamed on WWE Network. First off, Dan, news to me, mate. Um, what effect do you think this would have on indie wrestling? Genuinely, I don't know. Um, can I tell you, I can tell you right now about the rumours about this. WWE have never been in touch with us over anything to do with this. <coughs> I can tell you how the rumours came about. For the people who, who don't know, WWE sent out a market research email that was probably done by a market research company that mentioned different price bands for the WWE network. doesn't mean it's happening. It means that they wanted to get people's feedback in it. One of the options was a little bit more a month, and it included... There's two different... Um, there was two different WWE marketing emails that got sent out. One mentioned, would you like to watch independent wrestling, uh, such as Ring of Honor and TNA? And another one said, such as PWG and New Japan. And New Japan isn't an independent. Um, neither's TNA, really. Neither's Ring of Honor, if we're being honest. Ring of Honor has a television deal. So um, that got sent out. And then it started being reported that Evolve and Progress were definitely cited um, because... I presume this is the fact that we have a good relationship with WWE. We did Cruiserweight Classic matches. Most people are aware that I'm I'm pretty friendly with William Regal. Um, and Evolve have a, a similar relationship. And if anything, Evolve because they run shows in Florida. Uh, you know, William Regal's been at Evolve shows many a time. But then that's where that link came from. But no, no one's ever asked us about it. Um, and I know nothing about it. Genuinely, this is not me kayfabing you all. I genuinely know nothing about it. And I thought those rumours were quite funny. As to what it would mean for independent wrestling, it would depend on whether the WWE Network would have the entirety of everyone's archives. Progress, as a company, relies on people subscribing to Demand Progress to help our company put shows on. So putting shows on is really expensive. And... <clears throat> to help us succeed as a company and keep getting better and better and better, we rely on demand progress. We do not have one and a half million subscribers, which is what the WWE Network has. So it would depend on how the independent wrestling was used, and it would because if you think about it purely from this point of view, if it was used, so Scribby's Pips mentioned Fight Pass on this podcast before on one of the roundtables, the UFC subscription service, and that has stuff that isn't UFC on there. And that's great. Um, with the WWE Network, it would depend on... So, for example, if they picked every independent wrestling promotion in the world, it wouldn't necessarily have the best effect because you could potentially watch stuff that isn't great. If they picked up, let's say, the 10 best independent wrestling companies in the world then it could potentially have a really, really good effect for those companies. It wouldn't necessarily have a great effect for the other companies because then you, you've kind of got a bit of an additional leg up. Um, it, it's a tricky one. I, I don't... I mean, for much as I'd love my WWE Network subscription to mean I could watch the entire Pro Wrestling Guerrilla archive, I don't think that's going to happen because I think PWG live off their DVD sales 
and they they still haven't got an on-demand service which says to me that you know maybe they don't want one um in the the same way that when a company like new japan is mentioned as being part of the WWE network well they've got new japan world they've got their own subscribers so it's going to take a lot of money to get them to be involved in it it's very interesting i i i I sort of I'm watching it with with interest because I I think the more people that can watch independent wrestling the better. So let's say an independent wrestling promotion, um, just the one, gets signed to the WWE Network, and that means 1.5 million people have the chance to watch that stuff, and that will make that company more successful and bigger. I would hope, but until even one company is signed to it, we won't necessarily know the answer. It's it's a strange one. I I did find it hilarious. Uh, I have Google Alert set off my name, and and it all went a bit mad when when this sort of very dreadfully photoshopped news report went up on a on a very much a clickbait sort of wrestling website. And it, yeah, it's wrestling's an unusual place at the minute because there's there's plenty of companies like us uh, in in this country. So there's us and it's ICW and RevPro. We've all got our own on demand services. Um, and we need those to run as as companies. So, if you are on WWE Network, does that mean that you then don't have your own individual service? It's there's all kinds of questions. I think the important thing to consider here, though, is it's a rumor that has come out of a marketing email. It is not something, as far as I'm aware, and I'm ninety nine percent sure about this. It, it's not something that's happening. It's just something that people have instantly gone, "Whoa, that could be brilliant," but at the minute. It's not happening. So, <clears throat> yeah, from our point of view, it's put the progress rumours to bed. It's not happening. Um, uh, it, it, literally, it was an amusing rumour that amused the three of us. Because um, it's just funny when we get, when we ever get mentioned in anything like that, I just find it, I just find it funny, to be honest. I don't, I, I still think it's weird that we're even considered as a big company because it's just three mates messing around, isn't it? Um, but yeah, in terms of Dan, in terms of the effects it would have on independent wrestling, we'd have to wait and see. I would like to think it would bring more people to it because I know from doing this podcast that there's people who've come to progress shows who've only heard of progress because of me banging on about it on this podcast. They've tuned in because they thought this was a WWE podcast. We're an all wrestling podcast. They've listened, gone, this progress sounds all right. They've come along to a progress show. Now they love indie wrestling and they won't just come and see us come and see other companies around the country that's great so anything that gives publicity to indie wrestling is hopefully going to add to indie wrestling and it's going to make give more it's going to make more shows which gives more wrestlers more places to wrestle better chance of them making a living better chance of them doing it full-time better chance of them getting better as wrestlers and wrestling succeeds more as a whole you would hope that's my thought anyway um, Dan again, you're your greedy man. Um, it says um, WWE seemingly gearing up for Chris Jericho to turn on Kevin Owens for the title. Would one last run be a good idea? Um, I think Jericho's over enough for it to work, and Jericho's a fantastic wrestler still. <clears throat> so yeah, could well be a good idea. I know um, I always use, and you, you may, if you're a, f- a frequent listener, you'll be aware of this. I often use my wife as. Uh, a sort of touchstone for whether or not something works in wrestling because she's not a wrestling fan. We listen to this, you guys listen to this now and me talking to you, we're wrestling fans. So we kind of know what we want. WWE is often catering to the non-wrestling fan. My wife thinks Kevin Owens is the greatest and she also loves Chris Jericho. So 
if she likes them, then they're both they're sticking out. They're sticking out to a non-wrestling fan. So you know, it, it, there's nothing wrong with having one last run. I think, especially if you're going to put someone in the Hall of Fame, <coughs> which Chris Jericho will easily deserve. Um, Josh, what's the greatest football reference in wrestling? Personally, I'm a big fan of Bubblegum shouting Aguero on a dropkick. Bubblegum, by the way, is a wonderful wrestler. Um, absolutely great with Chuck Mambo yesterday. Um, uh, chapter 37 for us in Manchester. Wonderful, wonderful wrestler. Um I'd say he's underrated, but he's not underrated. Everyone in this country rates Bubblegum, and they should. He's fantastic. Um, my favourite football reference is, uh, I've mentioned this before, and I mentioned it on the Zach Gibson interview, which you can go back through the Tuesday Night Jaw archives, jimsmorn.com slash TNJ, um, and listen to my chat with Zach Gibson, was when Zach Gibson uh, reacted to the Steve Gerrard uh, slipping chance by accidentally, in inverted commas, slipping on a turnbuckle when he was trying to get some leverage to run I love that that's wonderful that is just wonderful uh, Tom Fisher who do you think will be the next UK wrestler to make an impact in Japan or on NXT uh, I think the most obvious one based on who we say goodbye to at Brixton will be Jack Gallagher because he's kind of already there and he's definitely British um, so I'd say him um, I think it's it's excellent that um, a guy who's as hard-working and character aside because his character is a bell end away from his character he's a fantastic young man it's, I think it's brilliant that Nathan Cruz uh, had an opportunity to it was, it was only an enhancement talent but he'll get bigger opportunities than that on XT tapings last week um, he's appeared at an Evolve show he's you know he's appeared on CZW you know he deserves his opportunity and then you've got all the British guys who appeared in Bowler this year so you know they've all got a chance of, of making it I think we've mentioned this on the podcast before I think Pete Dunne is perfect for New Japan and I could really see him can't go yeah he's one off of our tag team champions <coughs> but I can see I can see Pete Dunne doing great things in Japan equally I can see him doing great things in America but really really uh, him in New Japan would massively please me uh, Sam Green, funniest wrestling merch you've seen or purchased? I still think the New Day unicorn horn takes some beating, if we're honest. Um, I've got some Japanese wrestling programs that have some quite bizarre kind of merch in there. They're, they're not t-shirt wearers like we are. You know what I mean? We're, we're very much a t-shirt wearing um, wrestling community. You look at I read a report on our show in Manchester yesterday where it was like 70% of the crowd are wearing Progress merch. And it's like, well, yeah, because we're all friends and, and people support the company more than one individual wrestler, which is, is great. But um, I don't think we can ever come out with any particularly out there merchandise. Jack Sexsmith's condoms that he gives out with every T-shirt, they're pretty cool. Um, <clears throat> I like to think they've been tested for safeness rigorously by him. Um, James Lee Clover. Um Goldberg versus Lesnar. Good idea or bad idea? Personally, I'm excited, but worried that Goldberg is past his prime. If if it gives you a reason to go back and watch their WrestleMania match where Steve Austin was refereeing and, and it all just went to shit, then um, then it's worth doing. I, I'd always rather that <clears throat> Lesnar's put against someone who doesn't necessarily need to be his equal, but someone who... <laughs> 
to me, Goldberg has a, a fantastic reputation from the years 1998 to 2000. And Goldberg is clearly a legitimately tough guy. But Brock Lesnar has been in UFC since then and has, and has been throwing people around for fun in WWE for the last few couple of years. So it still feels like a mismatch to me. For me, I'd feel it would be a better matchup if he was given someone who had <clears throat> legitimate... MMA experience like Nakamura or given Samoa Joe who is just tough as nails that that to me I'd, I'd be more excited by that I'm not massively excited by Goldberg because <clears throat> apart from his streak Goldberg's never done anything to massively excite me Lesnar has I think Lesnar's wonderful but Goldberg um, yeah. there's nostalgia there for, for remembering the streak remembering be, beating Hulk Hogan but not really that fussed uh, next question do 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 Steve Dawson, um, will Page proposing to Alberto Del Rio, which I saw a video of, um, uh, the video, a photograph of today, uh, sour her relationship with WWE even more? Will we even see her on TV again? I'm not the person to ask, Steve, to be honest. WWE, I would imagine, would be the person to ask. Um, it does <clears throat> It does seem, because she's on a 60-day suspension now, it, it does seem that she... And again... It's wrestling, so who's to, you know? We could read between the lines and see all this stuff, but I, I, it does feel a little bit like she's kind of reached her end of the her not not with necessarily WWE's opinion of her, but it feels like she's kind of reached the end of the road with WWE. Um, just in terms of you know, she she doesn't <clears throat> her reaction to uh, to the suspensions, you know, that she was quite angry about it, and she's allowed to be angry if she feels it's unjust, but. It does feel a little bit like she's maybe kind of reached the end of the road with them, which is a shame for her because she's always been super talented and she's super popular. You only have to go to a live show that Paige is on. Um, I'm I'm sad Alberto Del Rio is not there anymore because I genuinely love Alberto Del Rio. Um, uh, something that my business partner Glenn Joseph gets angry with me about all the time because he he doesn't see it, but I've always liked ADR. So um, yeah, we shall see with, with Paige. Catriona uh, Thwaite, um, you followed me for some time. Um, and I, I, I genuinely think your name's fabulous. Um, it, it's brilliant. It manages it manages to combine making you sound like a, a Yorkshire haberdasher with a fashion designer. It's wonderful. Um, do you think there should be more managers in WWE slash NXT, e.g. as a mouthpiece for non-English speaking talent? You've probably heard me say on this podcast before, I think th- that Nakamura should be managed by Paul Heyman. Absolutely. Nakamura speaks all right English. But Nakamura sponsored by Paul Heyman. Oh my God. How good would that be? Um, and I'm aware that they gave Paul Heyman to Cesaro a little while ago where Cesaro speaks better English than I do. <clears throat> so, um, but yeah, I think I, I think it's a great idea. I think managers in general are a great idea and it's not just me saying this because I had the idea because I wanted to be a manager once. Um, I do think managers are a really good idea because not everyone can wrestle at the top, top level. But there's plenty of people with an amazing personality and amazing promo skills that can't necessarily cut it completely at the top table as a, as, a, as an actual active wrestler. And people like that should use their skills and and use their strengths to be a manager and make things better. I think back to when I was a kid and the managers, in particular Bobby Heenan, I hated Bobby Heenan, absolutely hated him. 
he was brilliant at getting you to hate him. He was tremendous. Uh, and and there, I think there needs to be more of that, personally. Um, it doesn't need to be as cartoony as it did back in the day, but I do still think it needs to be something that people consider. Phil Tutti. Which comedian currently on the circuit would make the best wrestler and vice versa? Um, it, it's been said, so the, for the vice versa bit, um, let's see, who do I... So from a progress locker room, who... Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Always makes me laugh. Trent Seven's very funny. Um, Dave Mastiff's very funny. Like, genuinely funny people. Will Ospreay is is very funny. Um, Jimmy Havoc is very funny, and has done his own sort of uh, uh, solo show, as it were. Um, in terms of from WWE and so on, I mean, most people know that Dolph Ziggler does a bit of comedy. Um, Kevin Nash has often been described as being one of the funniest people in wrestling. Um in terms of comedians who'd be good at it, uh, Carl Hutchinson, guest on this show before, has had some wrestling training. He would be good at it. Chris Brooker, comedian, he's had some wrestling training as well. Um, uh, yeah, John Robertson, who we had on, has had wrestling training. So they'd all be able to probably do all right out of it. <clears throat> if you're looking for someone who's never, never, ever been part of of the wrestling world and is a comedian, there's a comedian, a good friend of mine from Newcastle called Luke Benson, who is, I think, six foot eight, six foot nine, um, used to play a very decent level of basketball. Uh, he goes to the gym and he can look after himself just based on height alone and fitness. He'd be good at it. And he's dead funny. Uh, next one. Jim Taylor. As the next Natural Progression Series, Natural Progression Series 4 in progress, crowns a women's champ, is there a chance of a women's super strong style 16 someday? Um, if I'm honest, Jim... Much as it sounds as a great idea, probably not. I mean, there's always... I would imagine there'll always be at least one women's match, probably a couple of women's matches between, you know, during a Super Strong Style weekend, especially when it's three days. Um, but it's hard enough. You wouldn't believe how hard it is sometimes to get 16 world-class talents from 
from the male world of wrestling when there are you know conservatively four or five times more male wrestlers you wouldn't have no idea how hard it is to get 16 blokes so to get 16 women would be really really difficult not that i don't think people are interested in it but i do think i'm certain and and i'm sure someone will correct me on this but i'm sure there is maybe it's stardom in japan that does a tournament sort of thing and i I think maybe shimmer has done it in the past in the states so it's kind of it's 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 the sort of idea that is out there so uh next matt what do you think about the wwe bringing uh aspects to try and be more like a legit sport so uh for example the ufc with the lesnar uh, autumn sort of thing that happened i think because i think this is a a good question matt i think what they're doing is they're seeing that ufc is huge and it's rightfully the UFC is wonderful and it is huge and it's it's incredibly well run and you can't in the same way that you look at New Japan in the, the 90s when sort of uh, pancreas and shoot fighting was really taking off in Japan and they started making wrestling a lot more legitimate there as UFC has kind of reached that same comparable level of popularity in the United States I think it's always going to have a knock-on effect and let's be honest legitimate sports stars have always been a big part of wrestling it always used to be you know, if you were over six foot four and you had a, a bit of a college football career, there was every chance you were going to become a wrestler in WWE or WCW back in the day. <clears throat> so I don't think there's any problem with it. I, I think in terms of legitimising the the sport acts aspect of it, I think that's a good thing to do. I mean, at, at Progress, we do do sports entertainmenty stuff. We do do stuff that's sometimes a little bit more cartoonish, but most of our stuff is designed to look a little bit more legit than, say, a family friendly product. So I, I think it's just it's a consequence of wrestling as a whole around the entire world at the moment. Um, <coughs> uh, Mark uh, Mark Dayeth, um we've just watched the broadcast from Super Strong Style Sixteen, which is on demand progress dot com. How drunk was Glenn? Uh, he replied to this earlier on by saying four out of ten, which I think is 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 probably right. He wasn't that drunk. I've seen him way more hammered including in my house last night when we were playing FIFA. Um, Ian Hamilton, if Progress were to have a TV show in a video game simulation, what would it be called? I think we'd all it, it would always be some kind of variation of, on This Is Progress. Um, oh, what would it be called? Because the documentary is called This Is Progress that, that Elixir Media are making about us. So that, I don't know. I don't know, your weekly progress? We use the progress report. Because that's what we used to use for our sort of... It started as being weekly and then it gradually got less and less and less. Um, So maybe use that. I don't know. Let me know what you come up with. Incidentally, um, uh, people often make progress stuff for WWE, the WWE 2K games. So already some beautiful uh, replicas of our title belt and our Atlas title belts um, been made for WWE 2K17. I think... They're on both Xbox One and PlayStation 4, but PlayStation 4 seems to be more prevalent, which is handy because I've got both, so I know which one to buy it on now. Um, if someone wants to create me on it, um, please create me as a wrestler. Um, but if someone can actually create me with all my actual legit tattoos in, um, I will be super pleased. Um, mainly because I can show <coughs> I can show my daughter uh, me in a video game. That's it. So if you want to create me, um, there's plenty of pictures of my tattoos knocking around on the internet. See what you can do. Uh, next. Uh, what have we got next? Martin Bentley. 
Hello, Martin. Um, what are your thoughts on mid-2000s WWE? I feel it's an interesting period that's not that fondly remembered. Weirdly, Martin, that was... Mid-2000s was the point when I was starting comedy. So I had I had a day job at the time, and I had a lot less time. So I do feel it was probably the point... Up until, Maybe 2008 was when I really got back to my hardcore fandom. But I think between maybe 2003 and 2008 I dipped out of WWE a bit I've gone back and caught up on a lot of it I'll often just put a random pay-per-view on during the day if I'm looking after the baby and trying to do some writing or whatever um, and I know on um, me and my wife's uh, wedding anniversary a couple of years ago we were in Amsterdam and we we were just watching old Royal Rumbles from about that sort of time so I do think I do think it's an interesting period I, I, I think it's it's weird because everyone's got their favourite period of wrestling. So for some people, the mid-2000s is going to be their favourite period because maybe that's the point they got into it. You know, I've got my favourite periods of wrestling, mid-90s, all Japan, and uh, late-80s WWE because it's what I remember, early-80s World of Sport because it's what got me into wrestling. So I think there's everyone's got their favourite period and sometimes you need to go back and go, I want to be educated in this. That's why sometimes I go back and watch Japanese wrestling I've never seen before just so I can understand what people are talking about when they reference it. Uh, Leo London, two wrestlers most helped and most hurt by the brand split. I think um, oh, most helped. Uh, AJ Styles, um, I, I think from a SmackDown point of view, and Kevin Owens, I, I know it sounds obvious picking the champions, but it, it does help. You know, It's helped both of them stand out more as the big stars that they undoubtedly deserve to, to be recognised for being. Um, in terms of being hurt... I think I think Dean Ambrose was hurt a little bit by kind of just it feels like he's got lost a little bit in the shuffle on, on Smackdown and they're still trying to do good things with him but he it felt before the brand split it felt they were really on the cusp of something amazing with him and it just feels it's lost, lost its spark a little bit <clears throat> in in terms of Raw I don't know really I can't think of a <coughs> I can't think of a, a specific someone I'd pick out who's, who's been really really massively hurt by it not really it might come back to me if it comes back to me I promise you I'll tweet you Leo um, Chris as a promoter if the planned finish to a match missed say a kick out that uh, clearly misses um, or no sorry if the planned finish to a match missed so say a kick so say it was uh, a super kick that clearly missed would you prefer the match to end as scheduled or that the wrestler kicks out and goes to something else most wrestlers, um, most wrestlers, I think, would redo the finish. Just so you know, when we put matches together, we're bookers. We're not agents and we're not wrestlers and we've never been wrestlers. We might say we want you to finish this match by pinfall or submission. We might say we want you to use this finisher that you've been using for ages. But as a rule, we're not going to say that definitely needs to finish a match. We kind of trust the wrestlers and whichever senior wrestler is working with them to work their match out to, to do that. So, um, I'm try- I don't think it's ever happened in, in in progress where someone's kind of blown something that's meant to be the finish. But if they, I know, maybe it has, but it's because people have always just gone, no, we'll do something else or we'll redo the spot. But uh, And I'm fine with that. I mean, if if... If if the move that's meant to finish the match looks like garbage, you've got to do something else. Otherwise, people are just it, it makes everything flat, doesn't it? Good question, though, Chris. Um, ben East, 
Favourite wrestling attire ever, please, Jim. Um, oh, I don't know. Almost a tricky one. I I like Nakamura's current attire because I just like Nakamura. I mean, that's it's an obvious thing that happens quite a lot. I think based purely on how it blew my mind and made wrestling seem much more brighter and colourful, I'm going to pick two. I'm going to pick the Ultimate Warrior in general. And I'm going to pick Rick Rude when he had Jake the Snake Roberts' wife spray-painted onto his crotch. Burak. Hey, Burak. Uh, WCW did the infamous... Infamous. Sorry, I always pronounce infamous. It's infamous. WCW, the infamous Cactus Jack lost in Cleveland story. If Cactus was lost in the UK, where would he be lost? Hull. Hull. Whenever I go to Hull... I always get lost. And also, Hull always feels a little bit like a foreign country to me because it's got different coloured telephone boxes. So, that's what needs to be happening. Um, then my Twitter feed fills with um, uh, William Regal tweeting me about Phil Collins. Um, uh, so, I'm trying to dig these tweets out. Here we go. Matthew Pryor. Is Marty Skirl the best in the world right now at putting on consistently great matches? I think he's up there. And he says, and if not, who is? Um... Marty's up there. Mark Haskins is up there. Will Ospreay's up there. Zack Sabre Jr.'s up there. Tommy N's up there. Chris Hero's up there. Tommaso Ciampa's up there. Samoa Joe's up there. Shinsuke Nakamura's up there. Um, there's loads of people. Matt Riddle is great. Um, there's, a, there's a ton of people. Akada. Um, Shibata. There's tons, so many people, um, uh, and it, I do think le- legitimately that Marty is one of the best wrestlers in the world. But I also think a lot of those names that I mentioned there are some of the best wrestlers in the world. But I think uh, Marty is fantastic, absolutely fantastic wrestler. There's no doubt about that. Here's another question from Chris um, that um, I'm going to let you into a little secret. Um, so streamers slash toilet roll throwing as the wrestler gets into the ring or wait until they're announced. You're meant to wait until they're announced. That's the way. Now, yesterday, Zach Gibson came to the ring. Uh, fans pelted toilet rolls at him the minute he got into the ring. So I had to call it on the fly and hand him the microphone um, so he could do his, his his thing so it would make more sense. Um, and also so the match wouldn't last 50 minutes with intros. But, yeah, um, you're meant to do it when they're being announced. That's what, when you're meant to do it. So hold on to your streamers and, and save it for that moment. Uh, I, like, I like the fact this the Twitter handle is me again. Um, do you think the failing of TNA and the declining ratings of WWE TV shows, shows, sorry, WWE TV shows marks the slow death of the sport? Not at all. TNA is... Wrestling companies... With the exception of WCW, <clears throat> I don't think any wrestling company has ever lasted twenty years. Not not recently. All right, I tell a lie. All star in this country, but like I don't think progress will last twenty years. I don't. There'll be a point where we reach glass ceiling. It's not happening yet. And I I'm gonna and I know Glenn and John are the same. We will work our asses off to make sure we go in for as long as possible, making crowds happy for as long as possible. But. The first thing to consider is TNA. It's it's a financial thing. It's not necessarily it's not necessarily down to um, 
it's not necessarily down to TV ratings because their TV ratings have never been brilliant. And with WWE, people are changing how they consume the media. All TV ratings are down. All of them. The days are gone from in this country when, to use this country as an example, you know, 24 million people used to watch an episode of Coronation Street. I, I believe the statistic now is, is around 10 million. People are changing how they consume media. People are watching stuff on catch-up. People are, you know, watching stuff on the WWE Network. More and more people are not that fussed about doing it. On the flip side of, for everything you would say about WWE's decline in their TV ratings, they've got 1.5 million network subscribers. So that's 9.99 times 1.5 million every month. Plus all their live shows. Plus the, the bit of revenue they still get from pay-per-view and DVD sales, which isn't going to be as much. You know, everything changes. The media has changed. I look at how many, um, you know, we, we only ever sell Progress DVDs as, as limited edition DVDs. Um, but our DVD sales have tailed off a little bit. We still sell them all out, but it's nowhere near... Things like that are nowhere near what they used to be because we have demand progress. So I just think it's that the world's changing. I don't think you can say it's the death of a sport when British wrestling is as hot as it's been for ages. And, you know, however many, I think it's a ridiculous amount of copies of Battle of Los Angeles, PWG, have sold on DVD and Blu-ray. I don't think you can say that. You know, WrestleMania is still in massive, massive football stadiums. If it starts going to 10,000 capacity arenas like it was doing in the mid-90s, then we should probably be worried but at the minute, no, wrestling's fine. It's not always going to be super hot and it's not always going to be super cold. It's 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 nearly always going to be somewhere in the middle and I, I'm not worried at all about stuff like that at the minute. Wilson Wilson, do you ever wonder about the origin of move names? Did a fisherman used to suplex cod at some point? Um, <coughs> this You had two questions. <coughs> I do sometimes w- wonder about move names. Um, my my favourite place for move names is... Uh, is Japan where it seems nearly every move has a brilliant brilliant name um, I, I don't I, I do wonder about it I think that's pretty much the answer to that question um, your second question is being a, a fan of all promotions and all wrestling which I try to be I mean there's some stuff that's rubbish let's not be daft but but as a rule I just it's not stuff that ever sort of comes into my contact do you know what I mean every now and again I'll be in a town and I'll see a poster for a wrestling show and I'll think if that's a huge British wrestling show, and it, I saw one once that said the best of British wrestling, and this poster, and it had maybe twelve pictures on it, and I didn't know a single picture, right? Not a single picture on that poster, which was, you know, I, I thought I'm a wrestling promoter, and I get people send me their videos and stuff all the time to try and get booked. I didn't know any of them, so I did think you're probably not the best of British. And then part of me really perversely wanted to go to the show to see how bad it was. <coughs> but most of the time I do love most wrestling you are right mate um, what are your thoughts on the Chikara Trios format love it love King of Trios brilliant it's a brilliant weekend it's great love it to bits mate it's absolutely tremendous would love to go um, to uh, uh, to see Chikara uh, myself uh, one day I will get to see Chikara as part of the WWN weekend uh, in Orlando over Wrestlemania weekend because I believe they're doing a show the same weekend as us um, so uh, I will hopefully get to meet several of the smashing people. Uh, Matt Kimberly, of course, this weekend who works for Shikara, and she's great. So uh, I'd love to, yeah, I'd love to see it in person. But I've got several, um, uh, I've got several Kicker Trios DVDs. Um, 
Ryan Norton, is Dean Ambrose the most the most wacky gimmick ever? Um, JBL is so convincing when he says it. Uh, Al Snow and Sami. So you mean as in terms of, uh, it comes across as legitimately crazy. I think Al Snow in his ECW uh, hiatus before he came back to WWE and did all the hardcore stuff. He was brilliant at that. But for me, still the best one ever and the man I've got tattooed on my arm is, is Cactus Jack. Cactus Jack, when he was wrestling Sting at, at Beach Blast, was like, you'd never seen anything like it at the time. You you just, you had no idea what he was doing. He he He... He genuinely seemed that he wanted to kill everybody, and if he didn't, you know, he he if he had to kill himself to kill other people, he'd do it. And he always seemed convincing, and and I think that's why, you know, Triple H's cell when he he saw him that time in Madison Square Garden, wasn't expecting to see him, of, of having seen a monster, is is a sign of 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 Mick's legacy and legend as Cactus Jack. Chris Wilson, um, what's your favourite wrestling cliche? Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I've, I think I mentioned this before. I, I, I think the, the the cliche of the hot tag in tag wrestling is is, is something that <clears throat> sometimes frustrates me. I think we're very lucky now that more and more people are trying to find cooler ways of of, of building heat in a in a tag team wrestling match. Um, and I, I get why people do it. It just it, it sometimes it, it makes it feel that. Tag team matches feel a little bit more similar than singles matches do to me, um, and, and I think that's something that people are conscientiously working on as a promoter. Is something I'm conscientiously trying to think about all the time. Um, oh, the cliches! Um, I think anyone ever mentioning, especially in America, mentioning if you're a heel, mentioning that a sports, the local sports team's not very good, or if you're a babyface coming out wearing that sports team's jersey, that always winds me up. Like genuinely winds me up. And it always will. Um, vacated title says Beverly Brothers or Power and Glory. I love Power and Glory. Their finisher, superplex the, the, into the big splash. Oh, wonderful. Beverly Brothers as well were quite good. Um, it says, uh, what random wrestlers did you enjoy? I've always enjoyed most wrestlers, to be honest. I'll be honest. Whenever You know when the only... Real WWE you could watch, and it's, this you need to be my age, would be Superstars, which would be uh, and Wrestling Challenge, which would be mainly squash matches. And I used to really kind of enjoy squash matches because sometimes you'd see someone they'd be building up with vignettes and stuff like that. Um, like wrestlers like Skinner, like sometimes a, 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 an old wrestler will pop into my head and I'll be like, <clears throat> oh yeah. And then I'll have to go onto WWE Network and watch all the matches that I could possibly watch. Um, Ludwig Borger I had a weird obsession with recently. Darren Betts Graves, uh, I, that's your surname, double barreled. Not that you uh, wager tombstones. Um, if the winner of the Royal Rumble gets a title shot at Mania, which title and how many main events at Mania? I suppose it matter. It depends on which champion is most over at that point. Does that make sense? So, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think the Raw one will probably win, but it it would depend. It would depend, and and also who's going to win the Royal Rumble? I mean, that's wide open at the minute, isn't it? I think there's probably you could probably convincingly write a list of of ten decent contenders to win the Royal Rumble today. I think. Yeah, it's it's going to be a tricky one. I'm very much looking forward to the Royal Rumble. Is my favourite pay per view, so I, I already cannot wait to do the Tuesday night draw round table for the Royal Rumble. Um, me and Pip were talking about the other day. I know he's definitely going to try and be on. 
Um, next, Jim Taylor. Wondered how you go about planning long-term storylines when performers might be unavailable slash signed up by WWE. Let me tell you how we do this, Jim. What we do is we work about six months in advance, but we're flexible because sometimes plans change, whether it's on the day like yesterday at Progress or um, someone gets hurt like Jimmy Havoc breaking his knee nine months ago or um, someone gets signed. Um, Like Jack Gallagher, who, you know, I personally, and I can't speak for my two colleagues, I personally had great plans with because I loved him, thought he was great, uh, a smashing wrestler. And I think we could have feasibly done great things with Jack for the next two or three years easily. But he's been signed now, so we have to discount that. My first attitude when someone gets signed is yay for them. You know, um, I'd love it if we could use Will Ospreay on every show because Will's with New Japan. We can use him on some shows. I think you know December eleventh is, is the next one for us, and it's great that we can use him on shows. But um, we have to work around him, and, and his New Japan commitments are more important because they, they they pay a lot of money and it's massive for his career. We we have to be flexible. You have to always have a plan B. You can't just have something set in stone and then throw your toys out when someone is a victim of their own success and gets signed to their dream job. You know, very nearly everyone who wrestles for us wants to wrestle in Japan or in America. And when their dream job comes calling, you have to pat them on the back and say, nice one. Hopefully feel that you were a little way in involved in them getting noticed. And then you have to go right back to the drawing board. And there's a weird thing I noticed yesterday with me, John and Glenn. We were faced with a bit of a, a bit of a crisis and we actually kind of enjoyed it because that's one of the reasons we're wrestling promoters is we want to solve problems and come up with ideas and develop storylines and not everything that you see on a progress show was how we originally planned on it being. Uh, you know, Some of it is, some of it never changes but a lot of it gets changed because of various ramifications. Not just necessarily involving the two men you might see in a title match but sometimes it can be all kinds of stuff on the way to it all kinds of matches we thought were happening that couldn't happen and you know you just got to roll with stuff Jim you've just got to be you've got to be relaxed and confident in your ability to put other stuff together and not panic and and that's what we that's what we tend to do but we do plan three to six months in advance but with flexibility to get around it and what we do with our talent is we give our talent all our dates for the next normally the next 18 months and say these are when you're booked um <clears throat> we have a core roster of however many and we'll say to them this is when you're booked um or these are when our shows are um we'll let you know two three four months in advance if we're not using you so you can get all the work adam knight how familiar with you and your partners with the british wrestling scene before deciding to be promoters um adam um i would say me not massively Glenn, quite a lot. John, somewhere in the middle. When we decided to start becoming wrestling promoters in August 2011, that's when we first had our meeting about it, We, me and John started going to watch shows, and we go and watch shows, and I learnt more about it then. Um, and because I'm a nerd, I go back and watch a lot of stuff and listen to people, and I, you know, I'll, I'll try to learn as much as I possibly could um, since we started. But yeah, when when we first started out, I could have told you loads of stuff about probably five different promotions in Japan and I could have told you loads of stuff about world of sport in the 70s and 80s and I could have told you loads of stuff about independence in America and w- the history of WWE and the history of WCW but I couldn't tell you much about British wrestling. 
next up? Any more? Uh, Deja and Tendu. Um, uh, if Daniel Bryan does have one more match, who do you think it will be against? Oh. I don't want him to have another match because I don't want him to get hurt. If he does have another match, I, I equally, I, I'm aware there's there's probably money in having his match against The Miz, but as um, I, I, much as I love The Miz, and you know this podcast, we all love The Miz, I want to see that. I'd, I'd, I'd really love to see him... I'd love to see him against Cesaro, to be honest, because I know they've got a lot of history together. That'd be me. And I know it's not it's not a huge headline grabbing sort of thing, but I think Cesaro for me. Um, Phil Gerrard, favorite odd couple tag team, uh, Kane and X Pack, probably, or any of the tag teams they used to put. You know, WCW Battle Bowl. It's on the network where they'd randomly draw uh, tag teams. That all then went into a Royal Rumble. It was it's a terrible idea. But nearly all of them were on couple tag teams and I kind of enjoyed that. Uh JT, has there ever been any talents uh in progress where you three decided this person is too much of a headache to continue booking? Um yeah. <laughs> um as a rule, our shows I want everyone backstage to be happy and we've got a really nice family atmosphere and nearly every wrestler will tell you this. There was an interview on, on a website I read with um, Pollyanna the other day where she was talking about how, how nice it is being backstage and I've heard a lot of wrestlers say this and that's what I want. Um, I don't want... Um, if anyone's hard work, I'm not particularly interested in them. That's basically it. I'm not going to name names. Um, there's, but there's... The, the ways that you don't... In the same way that sometimes people will come up to me, who, who wrestlers who've never worked for us, and they most wrestlers, and this is, this is only every now and again, most wrestlers will come up to me and be, I normally know they are, and we'll have a bit of a chat, and that's cool. That's 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 how to approach me. If your first thing you say to me as a wrestler is why haven't you booked me yet, which more than one wrestler has done in the past, then you are probably already on my bad side. And I already don't like your attitude. Um, I, um, in terms of our backstage, if if someone's just a nightmare, then no. Likewise, if you know, if, if someone's someone gets an opportunity to wrestle for us, and they're really really bad, they're probably not going to get booked again. But that's not really happened. Um, but you know, occasionally, you just just people are a bit of a headache, so you just kind of just go, nope, not anymore. Alan Boone, you've had women and intergender and whatever uh, Jack Sexsmith is. It's pansexual, mate. Um, when's the first interspecies match in progress? It's happened. Uh, Mexican Eagle against uh, Loco Mike Mason, which was, of course, um, bird against dog. So that has happened already in the in the company. Uh, next... Uh, Rog Naylor um, 10 man tag for an Endeavour show all participants must be stand up comedians who do you book not me because um, I'm old um, I would put on one side all 5 members of the noise next door because they'd be like the wrestling equivalent of the original spirit squad um, I'm aware there's only 4 of them now because one of them's just left but it's still close enough they're all still friends so all 5 members of the noise next door on one side um, and then on the other side, um, I'd have them all. And I'd, I'd, I'd have I'd have John Hastings, Canadian comic, really into wrestling. 
I'd have John Robertson, who's been on the podcast before, um, uh, Australian, really into his wrestling, Chris Brooker, um, Carl Hutchinson, and Lee Kyle, uh, who is a Geordie comic who used to actually be a professional wrestler and has got a book out at the moment, which I'll try and tweet a link to. I, it, I, I retweeted his original tweet about it last week, so you can probably find it through my feed, but I will. I'll, I'll tweet a link about it. And I'm going to try and get Lee on at some point because he's a smashing lad. He's really funny, and he once wrestled Zack Sabre Jr. So that's pretty cool. Lee, if you were a wrestler, would you wear proper wrestling boots or trainers? Boots. I know I'm a man who collects trainers, but there is literally no way in a million years I would wrestle in trainers. It angers me. It really does. Um, Joe, this question's kind of been answered before. Do you see progress expanding and visiting other areas of the UK? Answered it earlier. No. Um, Is the location too vital for atmosphere? I don't think it's necessarily location. If you've got the right... If you've got the right venue, it doesn't matter what city it's in, I think, as long as the city can support you bringing in 700 wrestling fans in our case. Um, for me, it's all about a venue. The Atchett Ballroom's a great venue. The O2 Academies, uh, plural, in Sheffield and Birmingham, great venues. The Ritz is a great venue. The Brixton Academy is a great venue. Um, it, it, that's The Garage, when we started, was a great venue. The Bedford, where we run Endeavour shows, is a great venue. I want it. That's a big part of the atmosphere. Is just been able to, um, you know, he's just been able to make sure that it's loud and and it and it feels like our company feels. You know, if we got the chance to so say when we were doing our show in Birmingham in in January, and the only venue we got offered was a leisure centre, we wouldn't go to Birmingham. It wouldn't it wouldn't fit us as a company. Uh, How many more have we got? Ah, this this kicked off tonight. Ross Jenner. Thoughts on World of Sport apparently returning to television and if it has legitimate longevity in 2016-17. Now, if you missed this, it was announced today. Um, And it's weird because we've been getting tweets about it all night going, are you part of this? Nope. Um, Nothing to do with us. But ITV are a production company and ITV, I believe, are are filming a pilot at the beginning of November um, to be broadcast at some point in the future of World of Sports. And various wrestlers have um, announced that they're taking part in it. A lot of them appear on Progress. So, for example, it's off the top of my head, and I will have forgotten some people. Um, El Liguero, Joe Coffey, Zach Gibson. Um, I've already started forgetting names, but the, there's a fair few names have already been announced. Um, great. It's great for all the wrestlers involved. Um uh, it's a great opportunity to showcase British wrestling. Um, my fear over it, and because uh, I have, I have no knowledge about what the show is going to be like at all, is if it's aimed at a ITV audience, um, are they going to are they going to in any way dumb down a sport that I genuinely love? I'm more worried about about it about watching it and having people bad mouth wrestling. Um, if and it's going to be nothing to do with the wrestlers. The wrestlers will be brilliant, but if if they've got you know if it's if it's presented by Ant and Deck, it would just that something like that would it would it would bother me as a wrestling purist. That's my only sort of concern over it. I hope it's a success. Genuinely hope it's a success because it's more eyes on British wrestling, which is great, and it's it's more money for those guys and girls involved in it. Because again, I want them all to be full time wrestlers. So I think from that point of view, it'd be great. Um, I just want it. I really hope it's handled well. That's what I really want to happen. I want it to be handled well, and I want everyone involved in it to come out of it looking great, and no one to come out of it, you know, annoyed with how it's worked. I want it to be well done and be good. Um, 
But um, yeah, I mean, if you follow any of the guys, um, uh, the guys that I've mentioned on Twitter, I think they you can apply for tickets because it's free tickets because it's a TV. Uh, it's recorded at Media City in Salford, so uh, right maybe November the first, right beginning of November. So you know, check those guys out and and go along and support it and see what it's like, and then let me know what it's like because I'm working, so I can't be there. Um, but but yeah, I think. It, my overall overriding thought is, well, British wrestling has done great things if ITV are paying attention to it. Brilliant. And then my flip side thought of it is, just please treat the industry that I love well. Don't make it look daft. And I'm certain that the wrestlers won't do that. I just don't want a, a production company um, to 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 do that. I'm hoping that it's it's done with the same amount of love and craft that every independent wrestling company in the United Kingdom puts into putting their shows on and if it is it'll be great it'll be brilliant to watch and it'll be a success um, so you know fingers crossed for everyone involved but at the minute as far as I'm aware it's just a pilot it's not necessarily um, <clears throat> it's not necessarily a, a series or anything yet but you know as a rule most from my experience once a pilot looks like it's being made um, you know they've got to have to invest a lot of money just in a wrestling setup for one for one show so you would imagine they'd probably invest in at least one series of it so good for everybody, really. Um, Dave Green. Hi, Jim. Aside from the Rockers, what has been your favourite tag team split-up storyline? Because the Rockers is the best one, mate, isn't it? You you, you bang on. Like the Rockers is... The Rockers is so good. Um, oh, let me think. Oh, it's a tricky one, that. Oh, no. <laughs> no, it's not a tricky one. My favourite tag team split-up storyline would be El Generico and Kevin Steen. Because um, my favourite feud of all time, and obviously they teamed together and then they feud, and it was, yes, that's that's the one I'd go with, I think. Uh... Uh, Connor, uh, this is a question regarding merch for the podcast. Would it just be available on your website? Many thanks. I'm, I'm, I'm getting round to it. Um, I don't know how I'm going to sell it. It might be done through me. I might do something through Pro Wrestling Tees. I, I, I don't know. Um, if it's through my website it's a bit tricky because uh, my house doesn't have enough room in it as it is uh, with me wife baby and my daughter when she's here so um, I, I don't know I've not thought about it yet um, Lewis Wagstaff how excited are you for Kenny Omega to be the IWGP heavyweight champion at Wrestle Kingdom 11 um, I'd love to see him be um, be New Japan's champ um, whether or not he will be, I don't know. But I would love to see him be so because I'm a big fan of him. But as a rule, I'm a fan of nearly everyone in um, <laughs> in New Japan. I, I genuinely love it as a company. And I'm happy to... I, I think the thing with the lineage they seem to have with their title, I think whenever there's a new champion, it always feels quite fresh and quite cool. Uh, so when, um, uh, when Naito was, was champion, that felt really new and really cool. So, you know... I think that part of it will be big. Uh, Charlie Langton asked um, asked the, a similar World of Sport question. With World of Sport shooting a pilot soon, do you see wrestling getting a regular spot on English TV again? Well, that, that World of Sport pilot is the best shot at it. You know, we've always been asked about it from our point of view, and I, I I've never really been interested in television. I, I, I and it's the same with comedy. I, I'm not. I'm all about live experience, and I think if we were to shoot, uh, do TV tapings of progress shows, it would never feel the same as what a live show feels like um, and, and making TV is very different 
Um, so I would imagine the people making World of Sport will have people involved in wrestling who get wrestling and get out of book wrestling and put a wrestling show together. But I reckon they'll probably also have TV producers and TV writers involved in it. It's the same way WWE do, to make it a viable television product rather than just a wrestling product. Because that's what you've got to do to cross over into the mainstream. Don't forget, WWE is a mainstream entertainment product as well as a wrestling product. Uh, where are we? Oh, Andrew W. Do you watch TNA? Uh, Answer that earlier on, Andrew. Um, kind of where my mates are on, or if I'm in a hotel room and I've only got Challenge TV. Um, and if so, thoughts on Eli Drake? Very underrated, I feel. I watched him, I, I was flicking through television in my hotel room the other day, and there was uh, Eli Drake against um, the artist formerly known as, oh, I can't remember his name. Why can't I? Uh, so Aaron Rex is what he's now called. But you know what I mean. You know what I mean from WWE. With the big velvet coat. You know. Um, and I watched their match, their round system match. It was alright. I, I I don't know. I, 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 it, there's nothing wrong with Eli Drake. I just I don't think there's necessarily the, the spark that, say, in TNA, uh, in TNA EC3's got, for example. Um, doesn't mean he won't get there, though. But the minute... Yeah. Uh, Barn Slippy, um, someone gives you one million pounds to spend on a single progress show. What do you do with it? Um, I book the Royal Albert Hall. Um, I still use. Uh, I book the Royal Albert Hall. <clears throat> for, I book the Royal Albert Hall for three days, and I do Super Strong Style in the Royal Albert Hall. Um, and I. Out of the 16 wrestlers, I pro- uh, probably I probably still have 10 Brits, but then the six imports would be pretty cool ones from Japan and the States. Um, and for the fans who've... If you can prove you've been to a certain amount of progress shows, you get it for free. And I make the tickets super cheap. So people are there and they're enjoying it. If someone gave me a million pounds of what I'd do, I wouldn't... I wouldn't try and invest it and make more money. I just, I'd, I'd want to, I want to create something memorable. I think that's the right thing to do. Uh, do, 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 do. I think are we nearly there in terms of, uh, in terms of answers? I think we're getting there. I think I am getting there. Um, I, I do like your questions, by the way. Genuinely love them. Um. You're doing an excellent. Oh, I've got one here from Jim Bob. It's James Russell White. It's the guy who, who does the amazing portrait of the rest of the photographs. It says, of UK talent, he sent me a picture of some Mr. Men, which I presume from his kids. Um, who is Mr. Happy, Mr. Clever, and Mr. Tickle? Um, oh, this is a good one. Mr. Happy is Chuck Mambo. Mambo is the happiest human being I have ever seen. Literally never sad. Um, Mr. Clever uh, is Jack Gallagher because he's a man who you know likes his philosophy and stuff like that. Um, Mr. Tickle um, is Will Osprey. He's a man who will dig you in the ribs. Um, and I think, I think that's it. Although I am going to read out John Briley business partner John Briley has finally got around to listening to last week's and has got on board with the hashtag uh, wrestler films thing um, don't send me any more of these I'm still getting them 
they were all brilliant. I tried to retweet them and, and favourite them when I could. Um, these are John Briley's suggestions. I feel this is how we're going to wind up this podcast today. Velvet Skyfall, Johnny Ace Ventura, Suicide Squad, good that, Rocky Romero Picture Show, The Bridges of Madison Rain, Crouching Tiger Mask, Hidden American Dragon, which I think we already had, and obviously The Rock, which we definitely had. Um, uh, so, um, yeah, oh, and then final question, Ian Hamilton. I wonder if Jim Smallman is fed up with people asking him, not about the world of sport thing, but about Phil Collins' return. Uh, I'm not yet, Ian, because it's still quite amusing. Um, uh, <laughs> genuinely, thank you for all your questions. Um, don't forget, me on... Uh, Twitter at Jim Smallman. Use the hashtag Tuesday Night Draw if you tweet me about wrestling. So I know it's doing wrestling, not football or comedy or other stuff. Um, uh, JimSmallman.com slash TNJ. So you can direct people to all the links for this. JimSmallman.com slash My Girls for my stand up special. JimSmallman.com slash gigs for all my gigs. And ProgressWrestling.com demand dash progress for all the progress related stuff. Don't forget we're part of the Distraction Pieces Network. So listen to Scrooby's Pips' wonderful Distraction Pieces podcast, which had Jack Gallagher on it last week. Um, listen to the now award winning uh, Dr. Susie Gage's uh, Say Why to Drugs podcast and also uh, to the uh, to the excellent Stop and Search podcast as well and just you know support podcasting it's a nice thing to do isn't it right um, this is now 10 to 10 on Monday night by the time you listen to this it might still be Monday um, we'll see you next week uh, don't forget if you ever want to get in touch just tweet me at Jim Smallman I'll speak to you soon thanks for listening guys and thanks for all your questions Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.